Hallelujah be above all. Be thou exalted, O Lord, above all. Oh, let your glory be Oh, that's our prayer and our cry this morning. Let your glory fill this place. Oh, let your glory Oh, one more time. Is it prayer you're praying? Hallelujah, be thou. Hallelujah, be thou. Lord, let your glory be above all the earth. Let your glory be above all the earth. Lord, that is our cry this morning. Let your glory fill this place. Let the presence of Jesus be evident in the hearts of men this morning. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Let's open our Bibles quickly. Declare the glory of the Lord this beautiful, cool morning. Rain quite heavily, so keeping everywhere very cool. Let's open our Bibles quickly to the book of First Samuel, chapter two. From there, we declare the glory of the Lord this morning. We are going to read from verse um, two and read all the way to verse. Um, 10. Are you happy with that? Are you not saying happy? Is that good? You sure? Alright, now you are going to read it like you think it is good. Amen? And when you are reading it, you are meditating upon it and giving the Lord glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. If you are blessed, say amen. If you want the blessing to increase, say amen. If you want it to increase plenty, say the amen loudly. Alright, that's good. That's how to threaten Christians into doing things. <laughs> Promise something. Alright, the Lord is good. Alright, from verse 2, let's read 1 to let's go. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one besides you. Nor is there any rock like our God. Boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. And with him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are shattered, but the feeble get on strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry cease to hunger. Even the barren gives birth to seven, but she who has many children languishes. The Lord kills and makes alive. He brings down to shield and raises up. The Lord makes poor and rich. He brings low, he also exalts. He raises the poor from the dust. He leaves the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he set the world on them. He keeps the feet of his godly ones, but the wicked ones are silenced in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. Those who contend with the Lord will be shattered. Against them he will thunder in the heavens. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. And he will give strength to his king. And he will exalt the horn of his anointed. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. 
I hope you believe these things. Yeah, that is the truth. I'd like to read that verse 10 again. It said, those who contend with the Lord will be shattered, and against them he will thunder in the heavens. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth and will give strength to his king. Father, we believe these words. And we invoke them upon this nation in the name of Jesus. We invoke them upon this land in the name of Jesus Christ. Over our personal lives, we invoke these words. The power of God will be manifested in our lives in Jesus' name. Against troubles, the Lord will thunder from the heavens. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we have come to you, we receive from you insight. We receive from you understanding. We receive from you wisdom. Let your words enter our hearts this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because we believe that you have heard us, we declare as follows. Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. That word we enter somebody's heart this morning. Amen. We spread to the whole body. Amen. And drive out every affliction. Amen. Every infirmity. Amen. This morning I rebuke the spirit of infirmity. Amen. Let me say that again. This morning I rebuke the spirit of infirmity. Amen. I command it to go out of the life of somebody hearing me today. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Be well from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In the name of Jesus. No matter what they have said, no matter how difficult they say the problem is, I speak against it this morning by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say, be healed in the name of Jesus. I say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your healing that you gave to us on that cross of Calvary, which is ours permanently, eternally. We receive it for everyone listening to this word this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful morning again today. What do you think? It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. God is good. There's a, there's a song I feel like singing. I'm not saying you should join me. I just feel like singing it. God is good. He has done me well. Oh, my soul. Rise up and praise the Lord. God is good. He has done me well, O my soul. Rise up and praise the Lord. God is good. He has done me well, O my soul. Rise up and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is good, oh. Mm-hmm. The Lord will put a song in your mouth in Jesus' name. Somebody's going to wake up singing. Yes, you just wake up and realize you are singing. <laughs> the Spirit of God has put in a song on your lips. Proverbs chapter 2, let's commence from there this morning. The book of Proverbs chapter 2. Faith foundations for the Christian walk is what we are looking at still. I began to look at how to increase your faith. Please let me say it again. Don't joke with your faith. What did I say? 
No, you didn't say it like you heard me well. What did I say? Not joke, it's faith. faith is not a feeling. Do you get my point? It's not. Faith is there. If it's there, it's there. If it's not there, it's not there. Now, it can produce a feeling, but it's not a feeling. There are those who feel very confident, yet they don't have faith. So nothing works. So don't focus on the feeling. Just focus on building the faith. You know, one thing happened when I was in university. It's a perfect illustration for this thing. That's why I just referred to it. There's this checks expander we young men used to use, you know. We used to do this workout thing. So there's this particular one. You bend it like this, you know. I still have about two of them in my house, two different strengths. You know, we're in university, okay, we're smaller guys, okay? Someday we're at the back of the hostel. Now, about three of us, we do use it regularly, you know. We bend it, it's quite hard. You know, when you touch it, it's made of very strong spring, all right? You bend it, bam, and you hold it together, form a U out of it. The edges we touch. Now, I didn't look so big. My guy didn't look so big. So we'll take the thing, bend, boom. It's just, you know, like, so one guy was there. It came that, you know, campus now. He too wanted to try. So we gave him our iron to bend. He took it like... He twisted and twisted. Finally, he dropped it. So, then he watched us. We continued. We were exercising, you know. So you bend the palm. Then you shift your hand to a tougher area. Struggle a bit, palm. The thing we bend. And we straightened it again. No, relax for a while. Carry some other things. Ah, he came, he watched me, watched my guy, Peter. He picked the stuff. That he came back again. This time he was determined. The day he's gonna bend this thing. So we gave it to him. Then he struggled and struggled. The thing twisted, sprang back, hit him in the stomach. I said, Don't kill yourself. Because you want to prove your point. Finally, you know what he said? There's a technique we are using. He said there's a technique. There must be a technique we are using. Because we look to him not so big. This is a muscle thing. So I told him there's no technique to it. It's strength. Our muscles have been built to do this. You are just showing up. You may look big, but it's all fat. This one you are looking at, <laughs> this muscle has been toned. Pick it in front of me again. Boom! Bend the thing. He didn't know that he's like, I had done that thing at that time maybe like 200 times. You just show up from somewhere because you are feeling tough. Want to carry iron you haven't seen before. The point I make is that's how faith is. If you can do it, you can do it. It's not how you, it's not how, that guy was feeling like I'm gonna be stronger than this. <laughs> but he didn't have it in him. Where I'm going with faith is this. What is your duty? Just keep building it. Don't ever feel like it's big because you'll be deceived. Just keep building faith. If it's there, it's there. It will do its work. Remember, the fundamental thing faith does is to help you please God. Last time we spoke about that extensively. I want to just remind believers this morning. Take your faith seriously. Please. Don't compromise it for anything. You know what I said? Don't. Sometimes Parents are very funny. Christian parents, I'm talking about Christian parents. I'd like to say this just to warn us. God called Moses. Then he met Moses on the way. 
and decided to kill Moses. Now, let me tell you something. God doesn't do demonstration. You know what you call demonstration? Let me threaten them. He wants quite all right. But if he starts to do something, he will finish it. Unless, as it is a bad thing, unless you make him stop. Are you getting my point? He will finish it. When Jonah was thrown into the water, it was not so that Jonah might repent. It was so that Jonah might die. Jonah was the one that quickly reasoned with himself, I believe prompted by the Holy Spirit. And if he had not prayed that prayer, Jonah would have drowned. His body would have floated days later. It is corpse that would have reached Nineveh. They wouldn't know it's the prophet that was supposed to come to them. I hope you're getting my point. Why did Jonah survive? It was simply because he quickly prayed, repented, and God forgave him and changed his mind. God is very quick to change his mind when it comes to you know, forgiving people. He's very quick to forgive. But he must do what is necessary. I'm going somewhere. So when he stopped Moses, when the Bible says he sought to kill Moses, it's one of the greatest confusions I had those as a young person. Why would you trade Moses all these years Chose his father, his mother, told them what to do. You trained him, then you called him, then you want to kill him. For information, many Jonah went that way. They faced the first way. They never made it to Nineveh. They drowned. They didn't make it to Tashish for information. Many Moseses also didn't survive that encounter with the Lord. Why? Because by the time they were incapacitated, there was nobody there to, to circumcise the son. Now, back to why I talked about that. God stopped Moses to kill Moses. I just said all of this to emphasize that he wasn't joking. And he had warned Moses, you must understand something about the Lord. He warns ahead. That's how he is. He warned Moses. Moses did not take the warning. So God came to kill him. And then quickly... Zipporah got the point. She obviously was a problem. No, sorry. I withdraw that. She obviously was part of the problem. Moses was a problem. She was just part of the problem. All right? She was part of the problem, so she quickly did what was necessary so that Moses' life was saved. She quickly circumcised their son. Now, that tells me something. The, The way you treat your children... Is important to your own survivor. Because they are an assignment from God for you. I've been teaching again and again. You know why I'm saying this? Parents, Christian parents, listen to this. They play with the faith of their children. They play with it. It doesn't matter to them. I need to say it so that somebody will know he heard it. With everything people have been saying, parents will confidently give a teenager over to an environment where the whole society says there is no God. That is, we all say the problem there is persecution of Christianity. The problem is the institutionalization. Is that English good? The way I said it. Okay. Let me not repeat it so I don't bite my tongue. (laughs) That godlessness is being institutionalized. We discuss it. Yet, because you claim us who goes on strike... And the child's education will be delayed by two years. It's supposed to be in school for five years to study engineering. Now, you think I can't be seven years? I've been looking at the amount. 
then you would think it is a fast, a correct choice to take a 16-year-old, send him far away from you so he can get a good education in engineering, despite the fact that the laws, as it's coming in, they say, here, there is no God. If we hear you say there is God, you might be expelled. That, that law is written overtly or not tacitly, not subtly. We create an ambience for you so that your faith will be eroded. What I don't understand is that Christian parents, we actually think they have done that child a favor. I sent it to a good school. I think, please, go and think. I don't think you are thinking. I don't think you are thinking. You know what I found out? Most times, Christian parents, they, they can pray. They can fast. You know why they tithe? People still have this idolatry in mind that I can pay God off. I can help him. I can guarantee things. In case you did not know it, your tithe guarantees nothing. He doesn't guarantee prosperity. does not guarantee protection. does not guarantee long life. does not guarantee anything. It only guarantees that you have contributed money to your church. doesn't even guarantee it to be used well. I'm not saying don't do it, but is that guarantee I need to win you off? See that your fresh fruits that you give in January, that's supposed to give you protection over the rest of the year. You want to hear the truth? It doesn't guarantee anything. It will not protect your children. It will not make January, so February salary last longer. It doesn't. I'm not teaching on that today. I just want to put the fear of God in you. After giving small money, you will now be walking with your chest out. You're in trouble. I'm not joking about it. I heard the story of one man. It really happened. Man of God said that if he can, anybody who, miracle, the man brought money, I think a million or two or something. That week, his car knocked engine. That week, his engine knocked. That week, I think, his child fell sick. They had to admit the child. He got confused. I said, no. See, God is delivering you. You are getting confused. This is deliverance. Why? You were walking around with faith. That was God. Because, you see, let me tell you, if it was Satan, Satan would not do that. That one had to be God. Because God had to quickly deliver him. Satan would let you settle down there. They will kill you later. When you are, you understand, when you have got, you have, you built confidence falsely. Your confidence is false. Then it will lead you into a, a tight place. Then when it tempts you small, you raise that fake confidence. It will not hit you hard. So for that guy to have suffered like that in one week, I said, that one is God. Only God will do that to you. To wake you up to reality, say, oh boy, <laughs> you've, you, you, you've lost it. You've missed direction. Is it what I'm saying? Christians still, ah, you know, you're looking at them like, what? It's a fallout of idolatry. You want to give something to God, then he will protect you. You want to, let me tell you, the only way to be protected by God, go and beg him for protection. That's all. The only sacrifice he accepts, we've discussed it before, is a fundamental sacrifice. It's simple. You give your life to Christ. That's all. I don't mean that on, by filling a form. I mean reality. You wake up in the morning, you live for Christ. You go to sleep, you live for Christ. You eat, you eat for Christ. I hope you're getting my point. You walk, you walk for Christ. You are in class, you are teaching children, you are teaching for Christ. You are a lawyer, you are in court, you are lawyering for Christ. Is that English? Good? <laughs> you are lawyering for Christ. You win an election, they are swearing you, you are swearing for Christ. 
Your whole life is for Christ. You are crossing the road for Christ. You cannot apportion a portion of your life. Say, Christ, say, take this one. Just 10%. The rest will be holy. Christ is looking like, you know, I don't know why people think that they can make a deal with God. Why do you think so? Let me remind you again. You can't make a deal with God, though. There's no deal. What did I say? There is no deal. God does not do deals. You will say, I have told God. I said, who told you he had? I'm going to give you 10%. You will bless me. God said, I not do. <laughs> they just assume that he will agree. God said, okay, I don't want. God said, this is what you are doing. You are your own. A lot of Christians are like that. They just made up their minds what they are going to do. And God must do what they have said. I said, wait, do you bother to think about this? He makes the deals. He makes the offer. The, all the offers. They must start with him. You can't start with him. Otherwise, it is not accepted. I know you've been thinking that it's accepted. It's not accepting you. You don't tie tire. Let's not lie. You say, if you don't tie it, your life will be tight. Okay, you tie it. Is your life still not tight? Why do people say things that don't have any sense? Have you not tightened? Is your life still not tight? And then Dangote didn't tight. Is his life tight? <laughs> Why do people say things like that? I said, my friend, get away from there. You want to do what is right, do what is right. Stop all these rubbish negotiations. The Lord is good. Why am I saying all of these things? You know why a lot of people do what is wrong? They make a deal. They say, I have told God. As I'm sending this to my child to an ungodly environment. I'm going to be giving you this amount regularly. You will take care of him. I'm going to say, eh. I look like, what, which security company to you? Okay, I'm not doing. But they still don't care. That's why I'm saying all of these things. Sometimes we do things, Christians just do things in such a manner as if they don't care. And, but it's not like they don't care. Somebody lied to them how to tackle a problem that God already told us how to tackle. You know, I was talking about children, faith. I started by talking about take care of your faith. And I found that generally parents play with their children's faith. They just assume that it doesn't matter. Like they've served God for two generations. No, you haven't served God for two generations. It's good you learn to serve God. I hope you get my point. But it's very, very critical that you amplify that thing in the life of your children. It's very critical. To one of my colleagues yesterday, we were just talking, something led to it. He said, now he's here, he's a very powerful man here. He said, no, that he sent his children to go and, that his first son or two first children, they just went to school in Ibadan, in Yuan. So I think his first son studied medicine in Yuan. He said, eh. I said, very good. Ah, something led to it. He said, no, that when he posted one of his children to school, he said, stay there for NYC. Ah, I said, God bless you. He said, no, ah, no, he doesn't, he doesn't believe, so there's only one he, he had to move and had to do for health reasons. He said, otherwise, no, so you, he said, post it to me, stay there now. I said, good. I said, good. Most parents, with, in fact, I told him that when that building in Lagos collapsed, one girl that died in it was posted to Sokoto. The parents said that Sokoto was too dangerous. They redeployed her to Lagos, put her in a company that was comfortable in Lagos. She walked into that project with her boss, the building collapsed and killed her. I found that a lot of parents don't, they don't take the faith of their children seriously. And they say things, and I keep on saying this so that hopefully one 
Christian parents will hear me and be corrected. You want to send your children to school, you don't care whether he or she has a fellowship to go to. Which of you go to? For you. You see, this world of today, you need to be technologically advanced. And, you, and you're looking at this person, you're a Christian parent. I don't think you're a Christian. That's why I started with Moses, who did not circumcise the son. You are not strategizing on how to help your child's faith be built. Ah, I, that's, that's my own problem. You don't like, ah, no, I can't let you go here too. You are still doing this, but let, let them not confuse you. And you now see them raising money, raising money. And they, the funny thing is that, is that sense of I'm doing it for my children that irritates my soul. You, no, you're not. You're doing it for your ignorance. You're doing it for your pride. You want to know the truth? These companies in Nigeria, the top level companies in Nigeria that hire people, they don't care where you come from. They don't. They give you a test. Do it. Pass it. Show them the skill that's necessary. What noise are you making? These people are brought these tech people. They run down to Africa and India to get cheap labor because they know they can train people anywhere. It's not computer technology. Yeah, you want to hear truth? There is nothing you are teaching, especially an undergraduate, anywhere in the world that's special. There is nothing. I can tell you that with all certainty, especially in these days of technology. There is nothing you want to learn that's not on YouTube. There's nothing. You don't even have to pay to go to school now. Just have money for internet. So when you come and be deceiving me, and you know when you're a Christian, there are things you do, God just looking at okay, maybe you reach there. You go reach there first, have you? So you see, when you have a foreign degree, it gives you an edge in life. Please, don't be stupid. That's what I need to tell you. Don't be stupid. Don't be. Don't be. If that was the case, why is it that 75% of American black doctors are Nigerians? Why? why? Let me tell you the truth. Eh? So there's a new government coming. Hmm? People have prophesied tire. The prophecies are not working. The government is still coming. <laughs> no, there was one that, you know, I was laughing earlier. It's one they showed me yesterday. One man said, come 26th, there's a judgment. 26th first. Early morning on 27th, one of my friends posted the prophecy. I said, stop embarrassing the church. They're waiting. Anyway, I feel like they need a new government. If I were them, eh? I would invest like 200 billion naira to expand medical education in Nigeria. Because the going, people will go. They don't need to stop from going. Expand the schools. It's a gold mine. Expand the schools. Ex- look, Go to the go to people like David Oedipo and say, Bishop, why don't you have a college of medicine? He will tell you the problems. Can we solve it together? I give you 100 students, fully funded scholarship to start. After that, you're on your own. The man will hold it. You go like that. The ones that are there already, give them second campuses. Upgrade what they call it. Hospitals here and there. And triple the admission. You, you, don't, you don't need to lower the standard. Right now, the competition is tight. They can when you talk about, let's say, let's say jump score, they can, anybody that can get 250 in jump can study medicine. Ah, I've been on the admission committee now. When we shift admission, cut off point by one mark, 20 people jump in. Just drop, ah, the competition is tight. Where am I going? We produce them. UK and America, we collect everything. What's, what's the problem? Maybe you will send money home. If you just remit 100,000 over the next 
maybe some years, we have made our money back. You don't have to give the government. It just enters into the economy. That's how it works. I want all of that to tell you that don't be worrying your head that uh, you want to give your children one special education somewhere. It's not necessary. Their faith should be paramount to you. They say, maybe you can join church online. Why can't you join school online? It is church you want to put online. The one that annoys me are these people that don't even have the money. Yeah. You want to send children to school. You have to sell land to go abroad. You know that you are not blessed. You have to go and dispose valuable property to pay school fees. When you have options that you don't have to sell anything. You can dip your hand in your savings, your salary account, and pay. Yet you rather go and sell your house because somebody... And those guys have turned into a big... It's a big racket now for them. Especially a country like um, UK. The guys are not interested in your money. Recently they said that um, um, students can't bring their families over anymore. Somebody said we will lose 40 billion pounds a year. That's the worry of one of the MPs. That if you don't let them come with their families, that's going to cost us 40 billion pounds a year. Lost money. Now, please, let them keep bringing their families. We need their money. The schools need the fees to survive. You will sell your father's land so they can keep their own father's own. That's the thing. You will sell your father's property so that they can keep their father's own. You don't need to sell. There are so many private schools in Nigeria that will give you that education. If your child wants to learn, although some parents say they're very fun, you know, you know, there's this bragging right when you go to church on Sunday. Ah, how are you? Fine. Ah, uh, where, is, where is okay? Oh, he's gone to school. Okay, he's gone to school. Stupid women. That's how they behave. <laughs> Just want to be able to tell your friends that your son has gone to school. Where is his school? Some of them will now go to one funny school in Azerbaijan. And they say, he's <laughs> in school in Europe. That's what they will tell you, Europe. <laughs> then when the, when the boys are on holiday, they will follow his, his friends to France. Not even, ah, last, he, he called me from France last week. He's not going to school in France. In somewhere in, um, uh, what do they call it? Tajikistan, one of those things. Nonsense. If you know the kind of things human beings do, you'll be shocked. What after they do it? You come to church, after two people, you know, some women will not, it's worse with women, you know. guys also do it, there are some effeminate men that do stuff like that. You want to use the school, your child is going to, to brag. So by the time he's going to church, to, to, to church now, everybody has said their child, their child is in, one says the child is in uh, uh, France, one says the child is in Italy, one says the child is in UK, one says the child, including the one that's in Cyprus and Azerbaijan, all of them are claiming the same thing, so you, you, you will not rest again. Now I'm telling your husband, eh, this country, there's nothing, there's nothing, she not learn anything, the education is bad in this country. See, let me tell you the truth, I don't know about it now, but when I was in university, when people came from abroad with, med- for the, with their degrees, they, they, they would come to do postings with us. We'd be looking at them. Did people go to school? We'd be looking at them like, are you, guys, are you sure you guys are going to school? I talked to one of the board members of Medical Council Council of Nigeria you know, a few years ago. I, I had to help somebody with some things. So I had to call one of He gave me the number of this person to call. So I okay, what is going on? These are people who control the Medical Council Council of Nigeria. He said, no, we told them to go back to the countries where they train to get registered as a medical practitioner there first. I said, why? He said, those people would train nonsense and send back to us. He said, if you not license them in your country, you can't send them to us. So they now set a new rule that time. 
that if you train abroad, you are coming back home, we want to see your full registration that those guys allowed you to practice in their country. Is it that is the reason? No? That the problem we have that those guys will just start one school somewhere. Just do education. Just mumble everything together, give people certificates. Then as they go back home. We now talk to people who are hardly educated, who don't have enough knowledge. For, you know, up to the amount of knowledge we have given our four year students, they don't have it, and they have finished six years in school. So we say, okay, this is a new rule. I don't know whether they maintain the rule. They say, this is a new rule. Before you can come back home and we recognize a medical doctor, the country that trained you must license you to practice on their streets. If they won't, we won't take you back home. You know the problem of Nigeria? Eh? Leave President where he's not the one. These are problems that took a whole generation to develop. It's the people, the average person on the street. They milk the economy to go and get nonsense education so they can have a bragging right that they have a foreign certificate. They're competing with people that don't think before they pay school fees. They have the money, it's too much. You'll be selling land. You know, there are things, let me talk to Christians. What I've said that applies generally. Christians especially, there are things you do, God is looking at you. Say, Shebi, this certificate will prosper your child, Abi. I'm waiting in front. This certificate will get him a job, Abi. I'm waiting in front. It will help him start a company. I'm waiting in front. I'm waiting in front now. You can't do anything by faith. I said all of this, but I trying to emphasize the fact that we sacrifice the faith of these children we claim we are trying to help. Because you want to, you know, you want to give him a foreign certificate. So they met a man. He can afford anything. I didn't want to say anything in that area. Anything. Doesn't cost him anything to, but he told all his children, look, look, look. All of you. Anywhere you want to go, not a problem, you can go there. But get me a first degree first, where, where I'm watching you. But if you are told that pay $50,000 a year for school fees for each one, he has it. It's not a problem. You just imagine his pocket and I hand it to you. But say, no, 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 no. After that, when you have not finished first, first degree, it's okay. Where did you say you wanted to go again? You want to go and do postdoctoral doctorate with a master in philosophy with all of that in uh, intergalactic engineering? No problem. Where? Mars. How much is it? $100,000. See, he will count the money and hand it to you. At that time, at least, I've done my own. That's his own. Like I said, the one that pains me, you know, I see a lot of poor people. When I say poor people now, I don't mean, I mean like, they are average people try to go to school, they have to take loans, sell land, discontinue the building project. Say, why? He said, because where this country is going. If your child wants to learn, he can learn. That's by the way. The main thing is, please, don't joke with even your children's faith. Don't joke with your own faith. Don't joke with your children's faith. When you are making decisions and strategizing, strategize in such a manner that it is clear to God that faith matters to you. Tell them, I'm sorry, you are too young. I can't send to school in California. Why? The ungodliness there is too much. Say it like that. You know, people are arguing with you here. There are bad things in Nigeria too. Let's not, let's not deceive ourselves. All I'm just asking you is simple. Just put it in consideration. And know that, for me, if Asu would delay my child in school for two extra years, instead of spending five years, he's spending seven years, it's nothing. To me, it doesn't mean anything. It's two extra years of hearing the word of God. Do we, do we even know that it's possible to tell you know, everybody, eh, this first year you can't go to school, you are going to Bible school first? Don't, I, you know, we won't even agree to do that. So just stay and be hearing the word. Like I told my children that day, I said, anyone who wants to go to school this year, I give you six books you must study. I hope people are doing your work. Where are they? Uh-huh. How to work for God, guided by the Spirit, beyond gifts and talents. I listed like six books. 
I said spiritual progress is more important than academic progress. So if you know the kind of person I am, if you don't finish it, I will bench you for one year. You will walk in kingdom word. <laughs> Tell you the truth. Every day you, you will summarize a tract every day, apart from holiday period. <laughs> summarize that tract. One day my children said they wanted to buy a game during that COVID lockdown. I went to buy one game for PS4. When I heard the price of the game, I was like, what? Do people spend this amount? I've never paid for a game in my life. Okay, apart from buying Ludo. <laughs> but soft, software, for me, for myself, I've never done it. This general decided turning me to go into shop and pay money to buy a disc that spins. So, so you can be doing on the screen. Now, everybody has their own problems. I've never understood games. I've never. I've never. I don't understand games. I still get bored. I still remember one day I tried to play PS2. I can do it was very small that time. So I was there. The way the boy said, let me help you. Just collected the thing like this. <laughs> I still remember very well. The, the, the way he did, he was looking at me. He just said, you know, like this kind of, let me help you. That kind of. <laughs> just snatched the thing. I've never understood games. So one day they came and said they wanted a particular game. When I, I won't tell you the price because to me, I know you price is that, is that what you're shouting about. But personally, for me, it was embarrassing. This amount of money. But everybody looked at me like, are you the poorest daddy in this enemy? I'm like, no, I'm not really. I said, but you, all of you must pay. Actually, you know what convinced me? They told me that they'll gather small money that they want remaining. They don't know how to gather it, so I should bring the balance so they can go and pay. The boys, of course, the thing concerned the girl concerning you who are running and shooting each other up and down on the screen. All right, the boys. I said, well, this thing was very important. Let me give it to them. But my conscience said, no. <laughs> so you know what I did? I said, everybody, go and memorize without fail. First Corinthians chapter 13. When you finish memorizing, you'll get your money for a game. Man, see study. <laughs> I said, from the smallest to the oldest, everybody must memorize First Corinthians chapter 13. We chose the version, NIV. Oh, yeah, anyone you like, choose, but just go. So I think I gave them, a, I forgot how many days. I didn't know. Ah, ah. I stood. Oh, boy. When you say, boy, picking on no book, you never give an incentive. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's lack of incentive. Everybody memorized. I know most of you adults can't, even me, pastor, I can't. The apostle has made us noise, he cannot. <laughs> when he's quoting for you, his Bible is open here. These children stood like this. Love is this, love is that, love that. Ah! That is 98% accuracy each, each person. I said, good. And they finished, I said, now, by the way, I'm going to test in another few weeks. If you've forgotten, I collect my money. <laughs> I collect my money back. <laughs> the Lord is good. What I'm saying, people, people of God, listen, listen. Let's take the faith of our children as a, no, seriously too. Their faith is more important than the gadgets they have. Which I say you want something. I say, okay, go and read the um, Triumphant Church by Kenny Hagin. Tell you like that. Go and read Triumphant Church by Kenny Hagin. Come and give me the summary of the story inside. They'll buy it for you. Ah, it's more important now. Your faith is more important. Why would you spend so much money to send, no, uh, what is his name? Or a robot. I've quoted that several times. But Robert said that the worst decision of his life was sending his son to Stanford. 
Stanford is one of America's top universities. That's where Google came out from. The engineering. Google came out of there. Sergey Brin and Larry Page were PhD students in Stanford. Google was their PhD project. They produced Nobel Prize winners. Innovative in technology. That's what they do. So he felt that, wow, good school for my son. He could afford it. Send the child there. The child came back an agnostic. You know what an agnostic is? He's not sure that there's God. He was questioning the existence of God. Son of a preacher. America's number one evangelist that time. The man said, that was the worst mistake of my life. Sometimes some of these things we do, we just tell God some things are not important to us. I'm telling Christian parents, please behave yourself. God is not happy with you, the way you have been behaving. It's easy for us to sit down and criticize an ungodly system. But if they open the door for us, we jump inside it. No, what I've told, I don't have time to expand it, but I've noticed it. Christians will sit down, criticize an ungodly system, day and night. Criticism, they will criticize, 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 criticize. At the end of the day, open the door for them to enter. Boom, they are inside. Well, what does it tell you? It was envy all the while. It was sour grapes. They can't have it, they talk about it. Then you give it to them, the way they will rush inside it. What am I saying? Please, our faith, it must be what? It must be serious to us. So whatever you do in life, strategize to build up your faith. That's the point I'm making. Strategize. Make sure your faith is regularly fed. I will talk more about that as I go on now. Now, as I should open to somewhere, right? Proverbs chapter 2. Let's read it. He said, My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you. He said, Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Please follow this. Because that's what I want to talk about today. Everything is up to this point. Just preambling to this point. He said, Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understand it. If you cry for discernment and you lift your voice for understanding. Notice the word, if you cry for discernment. You lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver, that's what I was talking about. (laughs) And search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will descend the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. That is, you have to cry for it. You have to seek for her as people seek for money. People, when they want to improve their career, you know what they do? They go and do a course. They take a leave from work. It's suddenly leave, sometimes with pay, sometimes without pay, to go and study. Six months, one year. Why? They want a leap in their career. God said, do it for your faith. Do it for the word of God. Do the same for understanding. He said, why? Wisdom doesn't come by struggle. He said, the Lord gives it. Verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. So what you will have done so far is to prove to God it's important to you. The Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He said he is a shield to those who walk in integrity. Now for that time's sake, let me just leave this one here. And just flip over to chapter 4 briefly and look at something. He said, hear, O sons, that's verse 1, the instruction of a father. And give attention that you may gain understanding. For I give you sound teaching. Do not abandon my instruction. When I was a son to my father, tender and the only son in the sight of my mother. Then he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. 
Keep my commandments and live. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not let, he said, do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Notice verse 5. Acquire wisdom. Acquire it. Gather understanding. He said in verse 6, do not forsake her and she will guard you. Love her and she will watch over you. He said the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. King James says wisdom is the principal thing. Principal is the first, then you put interest on top of that. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's what he was saying. So that's why my own version, New Americans, here says the beginning, the principal is wisdom. So he said the beginning of wisdom is acquire wisdom. That is, if you want to be wise, love wisdom. And with all you acquiring, get understanding. He said, praise her and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. Talking about wisdom. She will place on your head a garland of grace. She will present you with a crown of beauty. Let me stop reading this one here. We're talking about how to increase our faith. That's what I began to talk about some time ago. That's last time and the time before that. I said that faith does a number of things. But the most important thing about faith is that it helps us work with God. In our working with God, we drop down that which is natural so as to gain that which is what? Spiritual. Remember that. You can't leave that which is natural except by faith. It is faith that helps you understand that what you really need in life is not the material thing, it's the spiritual thing. So the first thing faith does for you actually is help you work with God. Faith does not start by giving you things. It gets you God's promises. If God promises something, you will get it by the activity of your faith. But the primary thing about faith is that it helps you work with God. We looked at the man like Enoch. We said there were two sides to Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken up. Now, I explained extensively. There are things that faith does. God initiates that faith. God imparts that faith for you to be able to do those things because they are great. For example, you're going on the road or you're in a battlefield. You need the sun. You need more daylight. So you shout to the sun, sun stands still. It is not natural exercise of faith. I hope you're getting my point. It's not. It's an impartation of faith at that moment. I explained that if you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, almost everyone that's told us that you will see the Bible tells us clearly how the faith came. It came by hearing. So Moses was instructed what to do. The parents of Moses were instructed what to do. Every single person you see there heard a word from heaven. So when they heard the word from heaven, faith entered into their hearts because faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing. So we remember that. So but what we do on a daily basis with faith is to walk with God. The basic faith helps us follow God when God says, come with me. Like I said before, not last time, but I've taught it here before. You know, God is very kind. He's very, very kind. He's very kind. He takes your step, you know, he speaks to you and moves you step by step, little by little. When Abraham left his father's house, if you read the whole story, that was not the first time they were moving. Initially, he left with his father. When the father now died, I think in Haran. So he was used to moving. So God could easily tell him, move this time around, leave everything behind. But it was hard for him, so he took a lot with him. So God was helping him take his faith bit by bit. 
So what faith was doing for him was laying that which is natural to take up that which is spiritual. Little by little. That's what we do on a regular, uh, regular basis with faith. Now, for us to have the capacity for faith, for God to be able to infuse heavy faith into our hearts when the time will come, that's what we're discussing. It is not as if by yourself you can aspire and determine that you will have water-walking faith. Like I said the other time, God doesn't expect you to have faith to walk on water. Don't worry about that. What he expects you to have is faith to ask for a boat. Why do people, like, you know, when we're talking about how to overcome unbelief, how to make sure doubt does not grow in your heart, I said, don't involve yourself in matters too difficult for you. I hope you get my point. Take life a step at a time. You get to the edge of the water. You want to not believe God. I believe God right now. I'm going to close my eye and walk across this water. You will drown, my guy. You are going to drown, very likely. He said, Pastor, why did you say that? Because read your whole Bible. How many people did you see walk on water? Correct me if I'm wrong. It's only Jesus Christ I remember doing that. And only one time. I hope you're getting my point. What does that tell you? It's not something you're supposed to do on a daily basis. What Jesus did most times is ask for a boat. So you get to the edge of the water and you want to cross to the other side. Ask God for a boat. Ask God for a raft. Ask God for wisdom to quickly construct a raft. It's an easier faith to handle than saying that I want to... And I said, are you saying we'll never walk on water? I also said it. No, I didn't say so. I said, when it is time to walk on water, the Lord will send a word to you. Very likely you hear an angel stand in the middle of the water. Say, the Lord said, come. Then you focus your eyes on that angel and say, what did you say? Say, the Lord said, come. Then you walk across. Or sometimes, <laughs> they are pursuing you from behind. The Egyptians are behind you. Where are you going to go? <laughs> As you are running, you run towards the water. And say, Lord, save me. And then he drops the spirit of faith in you. You come above that water and continue running on the water. And when you get to the middle, you know that, man, there's no stopping. You look at the sky. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Father, if you look down, bros, you are going down. So just keep looking up. You just keep looking up. That's how it works. Only those who practice this religion stay in their homes, practice how to walk on water and come and make a show of it. One of the ways I know fake pastors is when they make a show of what their faith can do. I know they are fake. Like one in South Africa, he videoed himself walking on air. I said, I don't care even if you walk upside down on the clouds. I won't believe you. Why? You brought a camera to video it to show us you are fake. He, they set up the camera. I was walking up the steps. At the point that they said he walked on air. I said, listen, I've watched enough magic tricks in my life not to be impressed by this. What was the issue? You have a camera. I'd rather believe that somebody said to me that they saw it. I, be, I will believe that. But you put a camera there. I know the Holy Spirit will Once the Holy Spirit saw that camera, he will let you fall. You will hit the ground, break your, your, your bone, a small tip bone at the back there. You go break. Then you get some small sense. And that day I was reading some things. You know, there are these people they call the levitating Buddhists in, um, in Asia. You see a Buddhist, you just sit, cross his leg and sit in the air. So now that I understand, so people were writing about it, say it's all fake, it's all fake. Now, because I believe in spiritual things, I said, you wouldn't know whether it's fake or not. All the ones people have seen that's been displayed publicly must be fake. Once something like that is being displayed every day, 
It must be. So they were, all the analysis or they say, check, the Buddhas always have a staff in their hand. And they always have a mat on the ground. So they have a strong, well-constructed material that is hiding inside their clothes. So they sit down like this, hold a staff, and they are suspended in the air. Say it's all fake. You see where I'm going? One man now said, added his own comment. Said this was told to him by I think his brother or somebody very close to him. That he went somewhere in, I think, China one of the, or India somewhere, when he was in a temple. So they told them that, um, now he was there for meditations and all of that. There was one area of the whole complex. He asked about. They said, no, you, you can't go there. Being a curious fellow that he was, when nobody was looking, he decided to sneak and go. He said he swears. He looked through a window, a glass window, and he saw one guy meditating. There was nobody, no. He, had, he, you know, he was sneaking. So that guy didn't know he was there. He looked, and he saw one fellow meditating, and he was off the air, uh, off the ground. He said, look. So after that, he just quickly tiptoed and ran back. Now, when I read that guy's testimony, the story, I said, I believe that one. That's typically how these things work. Nobody makes a show. If you know spiritual things, they don't make show of these high-level things. Is like that also in Christianity. Once that our funny guy in South Africa said that um, he can walk on air, I just dismissed him that you, you were, I was doubting whether you were genuine before. Now you have proven to me that you are fake. What am I going to say? Don't use your faith to stress yourself. What is faith for every day? Walk with God daily. For example, what does faith tell you? A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. So if you see your bank account is zero, don't go and pray. Go and sleep. Did you hear what I said? So everybody think, my faith, I feel it. I call it. That's a miracle money. Have you heard of miracle money? If you believe those things, I think you really need a psychiatrist. Your head is not correct. Just sit in your house. You'll be getting a lot, getting a lot. Please, brethren, if you get a lot, especially when it is big, Go to the bank, ask them, what's going on? Where did this money come from? Don't go and spend it. The police will so lock you up. Listen, I'm telling you. Please, can I beg you in the name of the Lord? You are going on the road. You see, transaction alert, mom, 15 million naira. The previous balance, that is 5,650. Current balance, 15035650 Please don't say praise God. Praise God in all things, so, but this one, head for the bank. Account officer, please, I'm a student in IMT. My father sent me 70000 the other time. I've, I've given the boss a sum of it. The remaining, he said I should manage it. How is now $15 million? Did you hear what I said? Don't say I sowed the seed last week. Nobody sowed seed, they take Jaminito. Because, no, this is how I've confused Christians. The man will not go to church. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Brethren, when that man of God came and said, we should plant a seed, I gave my school fees. This is my alert. You will go to prison. <laughs> if you find that 15 million, you don't know where it's coming from, head for the bank. Knock the door. Good morning, sir. Please, my account officer, can I see him? What is the problem? Show them. Transaction alert. Oh, God, please, I want to do 419. And let me tell you the best thing to do. I'm, I'm telling people, especially young guys, don't say to the cashier by mouth. Write to the manager unexpected credit of 15 million naira. Put it there so that when police arrest you, you will tell them, say, ask the manager. Once they see that letter, they let you go. 
But if you go home, one week later, you're sitting down there. You cannot tell them you're not a kidnapper. There's no way. You say, I went to a church. Say, your pastor is a thief. That is, there's not. All of you, in fact, don't, if you are coming here, don't do it because I don't want to follow you to prison. <laughs> no, that is what happens. People will not be telling you that uh, they got me the kumon. There's nothing like that. It's all these fake pastors that do it. You just get a lot of, <laughs> not our guy, I knew he would go to jail because he was in America doing miracle money. He said, you don't know FBI. They are watching you. Be doing two hundred dollars. They don't mind. Now, for information, it's all a scam. It's all a scam. People will be in the church service. Ah, ah, God, God, God. <laughs> what did they get? Two hundred dollars. All over, all over the, I saw the video. They will be screaming, miracle money, miracle money. Receive it, receive it. When Jesus wanted to give Peter miracle money, say Peter, no be like that. Go and fish for it. Peter had to throw what a hook into and go and get the fish out. Please, I hope you are getting my point. Because many people, because they paid, they sold one seed, a poor cashier accidentally credits their account because your account number is 0001. They mistakenly press 0011. They enter your account. You now go and spend. I've seen it again and again. Apostle, does it not happen? Ask your wife. You now spend, bring the money back. You don't go buy Homer. They do it. Bankers are human beings. They make mistakes all the time. So when he hits your account, please call them. Call them. That's how to be a child of God. That's your rubbish faith. That's not how it works. That's not faith. The believing lies. Miracle money. Huh? Miracle money. Let me tell you your miracle money will come. You have a miracle business. You have miracle hard work in your hand. You have miracle open, open doors to serve. You have miracle growth. You go grow. I hope you're getting my point. If you jump up, you are coming down. You heard that thing before? For you to stay up, you have to grow up. Can't you all these children that cry at the end of service? Have you any of them grow up because of that? No one I'm at the back there. The children, they will come up. Carry me, carry me. I, I don't mind. I use it for my workout, you understand? So I carry the children up like this. By the time I'm done, every one of them, they are back with the height. You have to go. <laughs> you have to follow your mother at home and be in subjection. It's going to take you 15 years to reach the height I'm giving you in one second. 15 years of eating and sleeping and going to school. Please let me sit here. Young people, don't desire great things for yourself quickly. So as long as I leave school, I'm, I'm, I'm believing God. I'm going to have a, a, a class. You see, if you're young and you have a sharp car, for you to go from here to the market will be one hour. Because every checkpoint you are parking. You, you know now? As a young man, please just enter that car. Don't let police be harassing you. You're handsome. The car is fine. The glass is tinted. You must park. And I don't mean normal parking. It's come down. Open your bonnet. They'll remove your foot mat. <laughs> Put up your hand. You go do like this. You go be like, what sin did I commit? God says it's not your time. That is the sin you committed. He says it's, it's, it's police oppression. No, he's telling you, wait for your time. Life is in stages. Men are inside. These same policemen, anytime I get to the checkpoint, I wonder for them. Morning, sir. That's all I get. That's all I get. Because they looked at me, they looked at the car. God could have done this for him. Go. (laughs) The Lord is good. Please don't follow any pastor that tells you can hammer quickly. It's not helping your life. I hope you're getting my point. Don't follow any pastor that tells you, 
sharp, sharp. They are not helping your life. I'm talking to young people. Don't even desire those things. Don't. When somebody brings out, ah, iPhone 14, uh, say 23 Ultra, Samsung. Say, ah, it's fine, no. Do you want one? I can't take it home. My daddy will kill me. Just leave it like that. I keep on telling people that. See, one day my phone, my wife just said, ah, my phone went black. I said, eh. So I just told somebody, take it to the Samsung shop there. They went there. They said, okay, it will be 24 hours. How much? I won't tell you the amount. You know Samsung, the screen. They replaced the screen. I paid. Good enough, it was not the latest model. I paid them enough money to buy a very nice phone to replace the screen. I said, oh, you're such a nice man. I thank God. If you are the type, any phone you are holding, that if it breaks, become a prayer point. Please, I ask you, go and sell that phone. I hope you get my point. I don't know whether you heard me. I'm talking to young people. You know, there are phones that when the screen shatters, you enter into depression. See, if my screen shatters, I'll just be angry. Then I'll walk over to them, sit in the back, put another screen there. They will tell me the price. I will cost everybody, but I will pay. I'm not going to prove it. Father, if it's your will to change the screen, we send the money. I confess money come. There are some testimonies that are here. I say, why do you waste your time? Can't you use this faith to do something more precious with life? Using faith to change the screen of a phone? There are phones that bring, go to the market, they say 2-5. Before you finish, you are going back home. That is the kind of screen you need. Hey, a small boy, a small girl. So that when it breaks, you don't cry over it. You sit down there be admiring the <laughs> S23 Ultra. You know, there are things that even if God did for you, you say, God, <laughs> do you have to do it? Yeah. One day, Bishop, we say, I went to see Archbishop Benson Dowser. So Archbishop looked at him after leaving. So he had one nice Mercedes Benz. Ah, fine car, sir. He said, do you like it? Just give, bring the keys. Give it to him. Bishop said, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> no, no, sir. No. He said, ah, Bishop, I'm giving you a, the car. Take it. Bishop, we said, no, sir. I appreciate it, sir. But, um, like... Just give me that. I will grow to be able to get it myself. Not like this. One day, one man drove a car to visit Bishop Edipo, you know, a pastor in the morning. Drove one long mess this bench in the morning. Got to Bishop's house. Morning, sir. Bishop opened the window. Says, is that your car? He said, yes. I said, it's not your size. Close the window. Say, it's not your size. <laughs> Bishop told him straight from there. Said, that car is not your size. He knew the man. Ah, if his engine get a problem tomorrow. You'll, be, you'll now be saying, those of you have not been tightened in this church, Holy Ghost fire against you. Because you, your car. Bishop told him straight, that car is not your size. So the wisdom I give young people is this. Listen, the one we university, no, this, this was not my campus, another campus. One guy, he had his music set, you know, fat music set, beautiful music set. But boys can be very bad in school. They steal. So because he knew they might steal his music set, you know what he did? When he's leaving hostel, he puts in the traveling bag and carries it to class. <laughs> True story. I'm not joking about it. You know I wouldn't lie to you. I mean, why would I lie to you? <laughs> True story. Anytime he's going to class, he will unpack. It's not that everything is, you know, those days, things were bulky. He will unpack it, put it in his bag, 
and put it on his shoulder, and he's going to class. So do you know what happened to it? Those boys that used to steal, they said, this boy, you go see. <laughs> One day, he was in the room. He was there, everything was there. Maybe just went out to the toilet to get something. And there was power blackout for five minutes. He came back, it was gone. <laughs> when I was young, I said, ah, this is not good. Go, oh, these boys are wicked. I said, no, no, they are messengers of God. They came to give me what? Peace of mind. I said, tomorrow when he's going out now, he won't carry any bag. <laughs> His yoke has become easy. Thank you. His burden is now light. So, no, really. Anything that will take peace away from you, get rid of it. What kind of nonsense is that? You are okay, you're not carrying a shoulder. I'm t- this guy used to do like every time. Carry it to class. Is it maturity? I don't want you to be foolish like him. That's what I'm teaching you. Admire good things, though. I'm not saying you don't admire it. But wait for the time. Admire it, wait for the time. Like I say, you know, it says humorously, you go and buy a car that when you hit a cap and your tire goes down, when they tell you the price of the tire, you now be praying. You know, there are things I say you are not allowed to be believing God for. A cabo shala, Father God, I call an extra tire into place. God is like, pack the car. What is wrong with you? I had a colleague in Lagos those days. Eh? He had the car. I didn't have. Some of them had it because they walked some before they came. You know what he used to do? When he said the first scarcity, he, ja- he removes his four tires. He's a professor now. In fact, he was with us um, here in Enugu for some time on sabbatical. Ah, I called him. I said, Bros, how far? He said, Bank, I can't be joining Kiwo. So, one square, those, you know, remember those square scarcity of those days? Jumping one down foot to another in Lagos. Why? He said, This queue, I can't join it. Oh no, my guys, I said, go join Q that period. Join that Q. Lasted maybe like 18 hours. Yes. Finally, he got to his turn. They put the nozzle before you finish. People don't know how to count their blessings. Those that I used to tell them, I said, look, I don't have a car, I have many cars. I don't have a driver, I have many drivers. Every downfall in Lagos was my car. I rent them, hire them when I'm going somewhere. If going somewhere is very important, I pay for a taxi, which was not often. The one that used to make me laugh, is there was one brother I knew, he would borrow money from a man entering a bus to take a taxi. You should know that Satan is working extra on your case. Yeah, you should know. You should know, you should know Satan is working extra time on your case. The man you are borrowing money from is entering a bus, and you are entering a taxi. Yeah, you borrowed money from him. You should go and read that Proverbs chapter 4 again. Should seek for wisdom. The Lord is good. Please, I hope some young people are hearing you. I've been ordained by God to give you peace. His yoke is easy. And his body is what? It's light. Anything you have to grind your teeth to do, you are not doing it by faith. So right now, I call it to bring on the name of Jesus. Bros, it's too difficult for you. Jesus was not there looking at um, uh, the waves. Waves, you won't try me. He wasn't doing that. I hope you're getting my point. Some of these things we do, we have to wind ourselves. It's not necessary. As soon as he came out, he looked at the way. The Bible says that he talked down on the way. Literally, he said, he said, hush, be muzzled. In English, it's shut up. Modern English, Jesus didn't say, peace be still. In modern English, in the English, he looked at the wave and said, shut up, my friend. 
Will you stop that? It was a sharp rebuke. That was what Jesus did. He looked at the wave and just, my friend, be, be silent there. What rubbish is this? When he killed that tree with a word, hmm? he didn't say, Peter, hold this side. You will know I'm a man of God. You know that kind of thing? The one we used to like to show, say we are anointed. He didn't do it. If I be a man of God, the anointing upon my head, apostle, I lean upon the staff of authority. I lean. <laughs> All those, Jesus didn't do it too. You look at the tree. Any fruit? Nothing. Nobody will eat from this tree again. Useless tree. Just wasting the ground. Let's go. The Bible had to qualify and the disciples hid him. And they came and said, Master, it's dead. What is dead? The tree you cursed yesterday. Who died from the roots? What happened? He said, have faith in God constantly. He didn't say going around killing trees constantly. Whatever the father says, do it constantly. If the Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow, don't worry about it constantly. If he says a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses, enter the boss constantly. Don't worry about it. Take your life easy constantly. When you do that, You'll be empowered in your words to speak and it will come to pass even when you did not even know you were talking. So how do we get ourselves ready for this great faith? How do we walk with God regularly, constantly, by faith, so that our faith can grow and be mighty? I said last time there were two people in the scriptures that Jesus said had great faith. We looked at their lives, the story last time. One of them was a Syrophoenician woman. And the other one, who? The Roman centurion. In both cases, we saw something. That none of them, number one, that's the first thing. Both parties were praying for somebody else, not themselves. That's the first thing. They were praying for somebody else. And then secondly, they displayed great understanding. They showed to the Lord, some interesting spiritual principles. And Jesus said, I've not seen faith like this. No, not in Israel. He said it concerning the centurion. He said to that um, woman, daughter, great is your faith. Your faith is great. And what you're asking for will be done for you. He told her that. So we saw that understanding is a foundation for faith. Do you hear what I said? What did I say? Is a foundation for faith. For that reason, when God wanted to bless people, he gave a prophetic word. He said, I will give you pastors after my heart who will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. That's my message for today. That drive, that quest for knowledge and understanding. Peter said, those days there were false prophets amongst them. So in former times, it was okay with God for people to live their lives, you know, Basically, on prophetic words. He said, but now that's not how it's going to be. Listen to this. The truth is that those people, they actually had a lot of, well, they are far inferior to us today when it comes to dispensations. That's a matter of fact. The Holy Spirit didn't rest on many people. God anointed very few people. The only person that was not a clergyman, a prophet, a king, or no, that's a prophet, king, and priest, that had the Holy Spirit, that the Bible says God filled with the Spirit, was Bezalel. 
It was an uncommon thing. So they lived with prophetic words. Everything they wanted to do, they had to be given a direct instruction. Do this, don't do that. In fact, the first time the earth, I think, really had some knowledge, some understanding, was the laws that God gave through Moses. But look at those laws now. The laws were shallow. Eh? I won't lie to you. You need a lot of understanding to be able to decode things inside the law. God had to just give it to them simply. Do this, don't do this. Do this, do this. Don't do this. Don't do this one. Do this one. Understanding was not really with them. Few people had understanding. Very, very few. Do you know the truth? I looked at David. Last time I was angry with him. Today I'm feeling sorry for him. I just realized something about David. He learned late. He eventually learned. What he was telling Solomon, what Solomon was, of course, you know, from Proverbs chapter 1 to chapter 8, they were the Proverbs of David, actually. You read it well, you see, they were not the Proverbs of Solomon. They were Proverbs of David, just reporting what his father used to say. And much of what you find in that whole book of Proverbs, much of the Solomon's Proverbs that God gave him a lot of wisdom, it started with David. But the difference is that David learned late. The first time David understood some things that he did wrong, Solomon had been born. His other boys had grown up, they had become rebellious. He, I'm sure he lamented, why did I live life like this? He looked at some of the things that happened in his life over time, and he felt bad. So he invested time and energy for the first time in his life to train somebody. That was Solomon. Every other person he taught before was how to fight. Men of war. That was why he was marrying one wife after the other now. He didn't have sense. You know what he's saying to you now? Forgive me. Me too, I did not know. That's what David is saying to you and me now. And he said those who are quoting his like God, God still accepted him. He said, yes, because he knew I acted in ignorance. So what David did was when he learned later, he sat Solomon down. He said, Solomon, it's not like this. Just Solomon, he just he decided to, you know, instead of doing as he said, he did as he did. You know, Jesus, said, God said, Jesus said, do as they say, not as they do. Solomon heard his father. But in some areas, he did as he did. He said, ah, hey, daddy, hey. After I finish enjoying, I tell me not to do my own. Mm, leave that thing. But he too discovered very late that that was a bad thing. Who would believe that when people like me are preaching monogamy and marital fidelity, it's Solomon I quote. Does it not sound funny? Solomon said, enjoy life with the wife of your youth. It's funny that I had to be quoting Solomon. Ah, is it possible? You say, but he didn't do that. I said, he learned late too. Do as he says, not as he did. Now, let me explain something here. Generally, that time, the understanding wasn't there. So, they worked with prophets. So, in the New Testament, God now said something, which was what Jesus taught the disciples. When Peter was going to comment, he said there were false prophets amongst them. Just as there will be what? False teachers amongst you. What does that tell you? The Lord had made it clear to Peter. It is not the age of living your life by prophecies. It is the age of living your life by instruction, by understanding, by knowledge, by wisdom on a regular basis. And God said, look, this is what's going to happen. Let me just open there. Joel chapter 2. Let's read from that verse 28 that we all know. 
He said, it will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Talking about last days now. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Remember, the spirit was not poured out on everybody before now. Remember that? So the Lord is now saying in the last days, what he will do is to pour out his spirit on all mankind. Now, the way we look at this, of course, there are two sides to it. Now, one of the things you must learn is how to interpret scriptures. And sometimes people will say, this is what the scripture says. That is true. But look closely. What is the application of it? Sometimes it has more than one. For example, that's one of my best examples. Let me just drop like two. He said, out of Egypt I have called my son. When he said it, what was he talking about? Israel coming out of Egypt. When he was quoted for us in the Gospels, what was he talking about? Jesus coming back from Egypt where he had been kept while Herod was looking to kill him. Alright? So it happens. A particular scripture will have more than one application. Okay? He said um, a voice you know, was heard in Rema. You understand? So children had been killed. The mothers were you know, looking for, caring for their children because they were no more. It happened twice. It happened during the invasion, I think, by the Babylonians. It also happened when Herod killed all those children in Rema. I hope you're getting my point. So it happens. So you have to know how to decode scriptures. Sometimes they have more than one application. So this particular one, when we used to read it, the impression we had was, and Peter called that out also. He said it there on the day of Pentecost. As it is written, he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And what happened? The Holy Spirit came upon people, and then they were filled with the Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them what? Utterance. Now, one thing we miss is that there was a time, just shortly after that, Peter got up to speak, and he spoke eloquently after they were arrested and told not to speak in that name again. When he spoke eloquently, what did the people say? The reason said they were unlearned people. But then they not thought of it. He said, what? They had been what? And they didn't know we quit quoting it. Except that we did not realize their interpretation was wrong. Their observation was not correct. It was not because they had been with Jesus. That was what they thought. So some of them look, when you have been with Jesus, no, <laughs> it's nice. But those guys were wrong. Why did they speak like that? Because they had been filled with the Spirit. It's not where they had been. Is what has filled them. The Bible said that the Spirit of God filled them and they spoke the word of God with boldness. That was a consequence, not of having been with Jesus, but having been filled with the Spirit. Those people didn't understand. We quote what they said. I hope you're getting my point here. Now, no, I mean, some of, when I saw it, I said, oh, all my life I said they have been with Jesus. <laughs> that was what they thought. The thing that Jesus himself said, is that this is the effect of being filled with the Spirit. If you have not read my book, what's the name of the book? Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Please make sure you get a copy and read. And just by the way, you know, our books are under a special pricing regime now. So the prices are all standardly very subsidized. So they are going for almost half of the fair price. Just to let you know. So please make sure you buy a book and read, okay? Alright, that's it. What's the name of the book? Be filled with the, receive the Holy Spirit. I talked about it inside that book. It was a misunderstanding. The interpretation those people gave it. The real interpretation, the real interpretation is that 
they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, where I'm going is this. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it comes with many manifestations. It comes with many manifestations. One of them, one of the smallest, I'm sorry to say, least important ones, is that you fall down under the anointing. You know, people make it like a big deal. Where people are falling, say power was present. No, it means those who are there, they can't carry anointing. Every little dose knocks them down. You know what that pastor said? Say faller. Seven eighteen, the pastor said, How are you? You fall under the power. <laughs> he said, Fall. He said, Stop breaking my camera. <laughs> he said, Don't fall. Bring money. <laughs> now, please, don't get me wrong. It happens. Ezekiel saw the glory, he fell. The day of Pentecost, you know what happened? Peter, James, and John, some of them fell, and it's 120 in the upper room. If you read your Bible, you know some of them fell down. Is it written down there? Yes. You, you, you didn't notice it, but it's there. Black and white. Is there. They, they began to stagger. He went to he said, How do you know, Pastor? They said they were like drunk men. Alcohol does not teach you Latin. I want to speak Hebrew. I'm not going to buy two bottles. Does it work? That means, can you speak your yourself? You, you can? Okay, he can. All right, that's good. <laughs> I didn't know that. I wanted to say, maybe we should go and drink small. We'll go to Remy. We'll go to... <laughs> Nobody drinks and starts speaking in an unknown language. It doesn't happen. We think that they saw them and then they said these people are drunk. The reason why they said they were drunk, just two things. Number one, they were loud and two, they were unsteady. The unknown language could not have been explained by being alcohol-filled. So when the Holy Spirit came, Peter and Co. couldn't stand. They stood like this, they fell. But you notice something. When Jesus received all that anointing, only him. Only him. They were not two, only him. Nobody noticed anything happened. It was so quiet and gentle that it was recorded that the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. Now, people say that, hey, you now start drawing dove. I'm not convinced it was a bird. I'm convinced that John saw something. What do I think he saw? Going by the experience of scripture, was like a cloud. He had a shape, maybe like a person. And he saw the, like a replica Jesus coming down from above. Maybe. He saw a body, that's why he came bodily, saw it, and he came and rested on him. But Jesus got up like nothing happened. So he said it was as if a dove alighted on him. Because when he fell on David and Co., they were Miss David come cloth. When he rested on Saul, Saul began to he lay down there prophesying in front of Samuel. Anytime the anointing falls upon people, Ezekiel saw. John, did he follow? He saw. All he did was what? He saw. He, it, it knocked him down. Yet, Jesus saw, received, and got up, dusted his sleeve like nothing happened. So John said, this anointing came upon him, rested on him like a dove. He was telling you about the power of his person. His ability to receive divinity in its fullness. I'm not be shaken by it. 
I hope you're getting my point. You see where I'm going in a moment. So what happened to um, them? When the Holy Spirit came upon them, they began to speak the word of God fluently. They said, but this boy didn't go to school. Okay, Jesus must have been giving them home lessons. That's what they meant. They had been with Jesus. He must have been teaching them. But Jesus said, no, it was because the Holy Spirit came upon them. So they began to speak the word of God with eloquence, fluently. They had understanding. They will be speaking and speaking. Things will come out of their mouth. They hardly understood before they said them. You see what I'm going on? We tend to focus only on this power of the Spirit. When you, when you say, I will pour my Spirit upon all flesh. That's not all there is to it. When Jesus said, I will pour my Spirit. When the Father said, I will pour my Spirit upon all flesh. Part of what he was saying is that then, people everywhere will know the Lord. The ability to understand spiritual things will be poured upon them. Let me summarize this way. I will pour my word upon all flesh. Why? Jesus said it this way. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. So when the word is poured upon all flesh, that scripture is still being fulfilled. I hope you are getting it. When the word is being poured upon all flesh, that scripture is still being fulfilled. Listen, please get this clear. When God wants to do let me put it, okay. Let me take this my no small towel here. If God is making this small towel, hmm, it is possible you will see cloth enough to fill this room being made. Yet all he's doing is making this small towel. You see enough activity, clothes coming in and out. That's just the way it works. That's why the whole world can't believe that the most important thing in this universe is this earth. This earth is very small. Do you know that? Do you know how small the earth is? It's extremely small. Let me just put it like that. Now, our solar system as a whole, if they compress our whole galaxy into the size of the Atlantic, uh, of the Pacific Ocean, which is the largest ocean on this earth, our solar system will appear as a grain of rice. The proportions are mind-boggling, so it's a bit difficult for people. That is, our whole galaxy, if you compress it into the size of of the Pacific Ocean, our solar system system becomes as small as a grain of rice. And the sun is the singular biggest thing, more than 80% of the mass of our solar system. So the earth is not even up to that chipping of the edge of the grain of rice. When our galaxy alone is the size of the Pacific Ocean, and the whole observable universe has 200 billion galaxies, don't think about it. You have a headache. Just leave it there. So it is impossible, therefore, for an average scientist to accept that this earth is the only place in the whole universe that has life. They can't understand it. It's impossible for them to accept that this earth is the reason why the rest of the universe exists. They can't understand it. They don't understand why the Bible says God made the universe and the earth. That's what the Bible calls the heavens and the earth. How can you, no, so the division in the Bible is two things. Is the earth and every other thing. If this whole room was a universe, our earth is smaller than an atom. Yet the Bible said God created the heavens and the earth. Please bear this in mind. Anytime you hear a lot of noise, just watch out for what God is doing. It's really not obvious. Is it possible, Banky? Why have you said a lot of this? I'll tell you. The whole technology that surrounds you. All the technology that surrounds you, as huge as it is, was produced for one single purpose. 
to disseminate the word of God. Printing was developed. I don't want to use the word invented. God released his spirit into people to start printing. So he would disseminate the word of God. Now, volumes of books have been printed. Encyclopedia Britannica is 20 times, 100 times bigger than the Bible. Yes? There are millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of pages of books that have been produced. Yet the reason why God said print for me is so he could print the scriptures. Do you know why he developed the internet? <laughs> All of it. You know, that's why I said everything I said initially so that you won't get, it, get me wrong. It's heavens and what? The earth. The whole universe and the earth. It's every other thing and the word. To disseminate the word of God is the reason why God created all this technology around us. It's why you have the internet. That's why I have the duty. If you're a preacher, you must preach on the internet. I, don't tell me that God didn't send to the internet. He did. Did you hear what I said? He did. Have a blog. Have a website. They don't cost money. If I don't even start your own website, just have a blog somewhere. And just be putting the word of God there. Like I said the other time, make it easily accessible to everybody. The reason why the internet is there is to fulfill the scripture that in the last days, I will do what? I will pour out my spirit. Let's say the other way. I will pour out my word upon all flesh. If we are going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in this generation, we have to be filled with the knowledge of his word. Let me say this again. This is not the age of pastor. Pray with me. Pastor finishes praying. Say, what is the Lord saying? Please don't ask me that kind of question. I will not answer you. And for your information, nine times out of ten that somebody answers you, they answered you wrongly. God made them to be confused. The man is not lying to you. God didn't show him anything. But when you put pressure on him, he had to say something. This is not the age of moving by prophecy. This is what my pastor said. The only thing your pastor is allowed to teach you is give you knowledge and what? Understanding. Everything you are doing should have a spiritual logic behind it. Did you hear what I said? Everything you are doing should do what? Have a spiritual logic behind it. Any Christian, listen, these things will not jump on you suddenly. Remember we said, we read from that Proverbs chapter 2. The first thing you do is to show to God that it is important. Proverbs chapter 2, we read it earlier. What do you do? You show to the Lord that this is important. He said, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments, he said, make your ear attentive to to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding, cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding, seek her as silver, search for her as for hidden treasures. What am I saying? You want to know a Christian that's going blind to fail? It's a Christian that's not reading, not spending time listening to scriptures, not spending time hearing the word of God. I'm sorry to say this. Sometimes they spend a lot of time praying. It doesn't work. Listen, your prayer is not effective except word fills your heart. The word of God must fill your heart first. Please, when I say this, some people misunderstand. I'm asking you, please, go and read the book, receive the Holy Spirit. I believe a hundred percent in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe 100% that every Christian must, you don't have a choice, you must be filled with the Spirit. I believe 100% that there is a manifestation of the Spirit called speaking in other tongues. I believe it 100%. But this is where I'm going. 
I first had to give that disclaimer. But I have found out a lot of Christians supposedly speak in tongues simply because they are lazy. It is how to pray without knowing what you are praying about. I pray you get my point. Do you realize in this life that without vitamin C, you are nothing? Flesh-wise, let's talk about the flesh. If you don't have vitamin C, you are going to have scurvy. If you don't have vitamin B12 and all kinds of vitamin B, you won't have blood. You have anemia. Truffles? No, there's no cash with truffles. They have what they call trace elements. You have to have magnesium, manganese, molybdenum, some strange elements. In very trace amounts. They are very important. The vitamins fire up your system. Your enzymes need vitamins to work. A lot of them are coenzymes. They help the enzymes stabilize and do their work. Now, question number one. Can I... De- no, before question number one. So we have established... Vitamins are very important. Minerals are very important. Truffles? No, answer me now. So brethren, no need to eat carbohydrates and proteins anymore. Just give me vitamins. Ah, but you just told me vitamins are important now. Didn't you just say so? Yes, sir. So I have not, I said I'm not eating vitamin, starch anymore. I'm not eating proteins. I'm, give me a bowl of vitamin B12, spiced with vitamin C, and some vitamin A, and then vitamin D, I get down from the sun, don't worry about it. Vitamin K, I'll be okay. Yes, it rhymes. Give me vitamin K, I'll be okay. Is that okay? <laughs> No, answer me. Is that okay? Some people say yes. I've convinced them. That is how pastors have convinced you that all you need to do is speak in tongues. You can never replace the knowledge of the word of God with speaking in other tongues. You can't. The foundation of everything is that word. The Holy Spirit can only breathe on that word. Before those people could receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus spent, I think, how many weeks? 40 days teaching them the word. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit will have bounced off their heads. The Holy Spirit will come, it will bounce off. Because you can quench the Spirit. I hope you are aware of that. You can quench the Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit has come, and the first person says, Hey, come on. Peter says, will you shut up there? Interrupting what is going on here. What's wrong with all of you? Everybody come. The Holy Spirit will lift. So Jesus taught them, established them in truth told them the Holy Spirit will come. They had to have the word in them for the Holy Spirit to be able to rest, you know, come upon and abide with them. Where am I going? You know what I see these days? I've seen it for a long time. You know, I've been told that my problem is that I love the word. Yeah, no, I'm telling you. People have told me that, you know, you're a word person. He's a prayer person. I said, that's a senseless statement you just made. You cannot be a prayer person unless first you're a word person. What are you praying? The other day was confusion online. I saw it. Uh, Pastor Duncan Williams, Bishop Duncan Williams, or Archbishop Duncan Williams. Duncan Williams said that there's a lazy prayer. No, he said it. This man also said it. That people say they are groaning. That is lazy praying. One of our brothers reacted that uh, what they are saying is not right. Did somebody now analyze what those men said? When I heard the analysis, he said, look, first of all, they were not talking to you. That's what the man was saying. Say, my brother in Nigeria, they were just talking to you. <laughs> yeah, that's number one. That if you come to Ghana, you will see what they are doing. But again, Nigeria, it has started. People now say they want to pray. Say they are going to groan for two hours. I don't like to be, sound like this. I agree with Duncan Williams. It's pure laziness. You may think it is work. It's not work. They do like this. <laughs> for two hours. Huh? 
Hilda cooked for how many days? I hope you get my point. That's not work. It's not work. It is work to dig into the scriptures. That is where many people are lazy. I remember those days, I will be talking to preachers. Let me tell you how I was trained in ministry. I was trained in an interesting way. I was in university, starting to become a doctor. That's when I got most of my training. After that, my training continued. For a period, I did nothing but be trained with the word. And, and listen, of course, I read, listen to messages. I read, listen to messages. I go for ministry, uh, training, workshops, and all of that. Then one day, I started working in Lagos University Hospital, that is the, the, the Luth, the Araba, as a resident doctor. I continued my training. I was always studying scriptures, always reading books, always studying scriptures, always reading books. Then one day I traveled. I used to, every holiday I had, I would go to a church to go and work. Now this is where I'm going. See the way my own training was? Some people, some people would tell me that I was doing part-time ministry. Fine, it's called whatever you like. But this is where I'm going. I met preachers who were doing full-time ministry. Full-time ministry. And I'll be telling them things. I'll mention names. They're like, who is that? Ah. I'll say, Ken Hagen said this. Okay, I've heard, of, I've heard that name before. Ah. And I'll say, there was something they said about Maria Woodward Etta. Eh, okay. Ah, I'll mention, I'll mention Catherine Coleman. They are looking. I'm telling them stories. They are like, eh, tell us more. What happened? Where? To who? Why? How? And I'm looking at them. You guys are the ones supposedly in full-time ministry. What do you do with your time? I'll tell you what they do with their time. They pray and do follow-up. That's what people do. They run from one place to the other. They organize but I sat down. Listen, I chose my specialty then for the simple reason. There was a, there's a lot of story about it. But fundamentally, I said, no, I don't want anybody to wake me up at night that somebody is bleeding. Yeah. When a woman in labor is bleeding, doctor is not as addressed. Ambulance driver is not addressed. The nurse is not addressed. Heaven is not addressed. Oh, no, no, I'm telling you. You just, you're about to sleep. You're like, Man, they just call you. What happened? One more to just jam something. And so, uh, four people were inside. Kitty, 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 kitty. You're running again to go and save lives. I remember those days we had this surgeon. I just used to feel sorry for him. I've seen him operate barefoot. We've seen him operate with touchlight. All kinds of things. And then we had one or got that time. The guy was just coming. Hey, any dogs? What's going on? We well, have done all the work. You just come pick and say, okay, put this man on legs. He's doing this one and then, okay, sir. Any other thing, any problem you call me, then he walk away. I said, oh, God, that is the life. That is. <laughs> I look at the two of them. <laughs> they have been paid the same salary. <laughs> this, I'm telling this one, we just, if I remember when the man did something, he came for what round? His hand in his pocket. Ah, he said, Baba, one patient. He said, You are looking very nice. He said, whatever you are giving him, continue. Next bet. <laughs> I don't know. Till tomorrow. He did ask, hmm? he just look at us. We had an MO, medical officer. But two of us are just, ah, this man is much improved. 
Whatever you are doing for him is the right thing. Continue. And he... His hands in his pocket, though. He saw John. I saw one day said I should follow him about. Ah! I said, God, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be. A, I wanted to be a surgeon when I was in university. When my life began to turn in that direction, I said, I can't do this thing again. That day we went, we took a tour of like two different institutions. This man was doing all kinds of things. If I remember, one of the things he did was to amputate a finger. I still remember. After, that man was a very funny person. After I was, you know what he does in the evening? Now I go to the farm to farm yam. I don't know why surgeons like to farm yam. I know another surgeon that used to farm fat, fat yam. That one even had a pigry. He, he will farm pig, then use the manure for a yam farm, and then one day showed us yam that was the size of this pulpit. Okay, not exactly, like half. No, but it was huge. I've never seen anything like that. Surgeons and yams. I don't know what is, is up with them. So I looked at that man and I said, if I follow this man, I will never preach the gospel. Yeah. Nothing on what he was doing. But you now I spent all my time reading and studying, even as a house officer. I spent all my time. What I'm going to say, I chose, I, I bought that thing in mind that I needed to study. It formed my choices. And God made sure I didn't even have, you know, when you have money, you can be tempted. When you don't have money, you know, there are temptations that poverty will not even let come to you. Say, so let's travel. Is it free? <laughs> they say somebody is wedding. This is so place. How can you go? You can't wear the, the uniform they shared. You couldn't pay for it. Transportation to go there, you can't go. You just carry the small money you have, put an envelope, label it, send to the individual, and stay in your house. It worked well for me. It worked well for me. I won't lie to you. All I did was study scriptures. So you can imagine it was not shocking to me. I will now go to a church for a short holiday. And I'm talking to full-time preachers. And I'll say, tell them Kenyon says something, and they don't know who Kenyon is. Ah, I, no, I used to, there are times I would be just in those days. I mentioned Donarji. And one of my friends looked like he didn't know who Donarji was. You know, I, I, up to that point, I thought everybody had knew who Donarji was. Because Ken Hagen was, from here, I first heard the name Donarji. And then one day I went to a shop. I saw a book, Donarji. So I bought it. I still have it till now. I bought it. So I'm just people and I say, yeah, that was the teaching of Donarji. He, you know, he said this one. They're looking like, what did you see? They will know what my pastor's friend will now be doing. They will now be prophesying. The saints don't need your prophesying. They need your instruction with the word of God. I hope you're getting my point here. Please, this, in fact, this used to be one of the most important messages I used to preach. To tell Christians, your faith cannot be built except your heart is filled with the knowledge of the truth of God. See, you can't, if the Holy Spirit wants to come down with faith, you will repel it. You will. This gospel you claim to believe, you must understand it. You, and listen, this understanding won't just come and meet you at home. You get up and look for it as you look for hidden treasure. Please, I'm begging you, read that book. Um, receive the Holy Spirit. Alright, please make sure you get one and read the book. There's a reason why I'm saying it. You see something I said inside that, I'm going to say it in a moment. Because sometimes, when it comes to knowledge, be careful how you prioritize. It's important. I'll talk about that. Let me not get into that yet. But just bear in mind, you must be priority. Because he said, because 
It comes from God. It's God that gives understanding. It's not your effort that produces understanding. Your effort just shows what is important to you. Do you get my point? But that understanding only comes by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God must see that you are interested in it. What I wanted to explain. Listen. If they tell you what is righteousness, as a child of God, let me say something to you quickly. God has done something there. He has graded your life time-wise. By this time, you must know this. If you don't know it, after that, it's a sin. See, ignorance is not a forever excuse. See, let me explain. There are things you don't know. God overlooks it is ignorance. Then Paul now says, there's a time that comes that you should be a teacher. If you are still ignorant at that time, henceforth, or from that point, it is now for you a sin. Now when I say a sin, it means Satan can accuse you. He can come and say that, example, afflict this one with illness. And Jesus will say, I died for him on the cross. Satan will argue because argument. He does not know that. And Jesus, who knows the truth, will not be able to say he's yet a child. Because the father will say, no, by now he should have known. So the accusation of Satan, keep him in sickness, stands. Why? Because Jesus can no longer defend you based on ignorance. Saba, this one has been going to church for how long? Your sister me doesn't know this one. Why won't he know it? Why won't he know it? Please, this is important. It gets to a point in time in your life. Not knowing something is an accusable offense. You can be accused and brought to judgment for that ignorance. Let me give you another example. We say all the time, we turn into a chant here. We have not come, that before we pray, we have not come in the power of the good works which we have done. We have come only because of the grace and mercy which we have in Christ Jesus. We say that, alright? Now, a Christian finishes, he gives his life to Christ last year. He's praying this year. And he says, Lord, do you know the pastor said that if we pay our tithes and we give offering, you will rebuild the devourer. Please, let no devourer come into my household. Now, that's a stupid statement. But it's ignorance. So God overlooks it. Takes care of the devourer. And the fellow comes and gives a testimony. Because I gave, look at the breakthrough I got. Because he leave him, leave her. Why did he give her a breakthrough? She was hungry and she cried. But she prayed in the power of the good works that she did. She's but a child. He's but a child. He does not know. Ignorance. It can be pleaded. You can plead ignorance at that point. Then after three years, four years, the Holy Spirit says, this fellow has had enough teaching along this line. I've exposed him or her enough in this area. Or even if I haven't even done that, but in four years, he has not gone enough to go and seek the meaning of righteousness. So next time, he asks the Lord for something. And the Lord is about to do it. And Satan says, Lord, you can't do that. Why can't you? Because she says that it's because she gave an offering. And Jesus can't say anything on your behalf. Why? By now, you should have known the word of righteousness. Where's Jonathan? Okay, Jonah. That's why that's your pastor friend. When you told him, this is not how to be blessed. He said, you're a lecturer, I'm a pastor. Mr. Lecturer, you stay lecturing, let me be pastoring. How long later did he, did he come back to you? Two years later. 
Two years later, I came back. I said, Brother Jonathan, please come. Can you, that thing you were saying two years ago, can you explain it again? Because the last two years, the Holy Spirit, God had withdrawn the blessing from him. The accusation of Satan against him had started working. And the Lord said, you can't plead ignorance anymore. I remember very well when Jonathan told you the truth about the righteousness of God. So we have turned into a chant which we must never forget. So when we want to pray, we consciously remove. That's why that chant is there. I have not come in the power of the good works which I have done. Yes, I have to do good works because I was ordained to do good works. But I don't come in the power of that good works to come and ask the Father for anything. So I hope in his mercy all the time. Every time I'm hoping in his mercy. Every time. Now, what I'm trying to say, knowledge, understanding. If I keep on walking in ignorance, it becomes an accusation. Have you heard this story before? It's in the Bible. I'm not saying we're well, not for a minute. That whether you eat, you eat unto the Lord. If you don't eat, you don't eat unto the Lord. Who said it? To whom? The Romans. On what occasion? That's <laughs> they said it in the exam. All right, I'm just making a joke of that. So Paul said, receive the one that's what? I, I want the word, what Paul you said. Receive the one that is what? That is, accept the one that is what? Weak. Finish it. No, finish it for me. The one that is what? Weak in faith. No, say it again. There's no catch. Don't be afraid. This man of God is afraid that I'll say he's not reading his Bible. There's no catch. The one that is what? Say it again. The first word? Stop. You know, some people will say that, eh, if you don't eat, it's under the Lord. They stay there. They forget that the same person who said it said, we are accepting you now. Why? You are still weak in faith. Did they ordain you to ministry? If you talk nonsense, we'll kick you out. After you have been made a deacon, I say, no, you know, my conscience has not let me eat this kind of meat. We'll eat it in front of you. I wouldn't care whether you drill or you don't. And God will be on our side. Because as far as it's concerned, that allowance is only made while you are justifiably still weak in faith. A time comes when you should no longer be drinking only milk. Strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use have exercised their senses to discern between good and evil. How can you 10 years afterwards be harassing my life that whether I cover my hair when I went to pray, I didn't? And I can't fellowship with you unless I dress like you. There is a time which you will not say anything about it. How can you, after you've been a believer for 10 years, the reason why you have affliction that you did not tithe, you did not pay your tithe complete. Apostle, people are still saying things like that. My vehicle was coming, he had an accident. Why? I now remember that my tithe was not complete. Because I will wound you if I hear that in your mouth again. You said it for two years, I overlooked. But now, you have to work in maturity. You've heard me say some things here. I say it humorously. But I mean it really when I'm saying it. As if a witch comes to me and says, I'm warning you, you will hear from me. I say, if I pray, God will punish me. And a bony man wears his beard. And says, Pastor Bank, how you been preaching against our powers? You will see. You know, if I go home and get on my knees and say, Father, you heard him, my affliction will start. It is demanded of the Lord that walk away like nothing happened. 
That kind of, is the kind of thing that I do. I get home, I don't tell my wife so that she will not make it a prayer point. I want to tell people who can laugh from the bottom of their heart. Say, do you know that Obonima? Yeah, you know, uh, uh, Chief, uh, yeah, he was here the other day. What did he say? He said, I should be careful. Though. <laughs> and then they all laugh. The worst I'm allowed to do, or should I say worst or best, I don't know, is to read out one or two scriptures. But to go and say, Father God, deliver me from him. God will say, is he a threat? Did you not hear me say, don't fear their fears. Let the loan, let him be your fear, let him be your dread. You know the best I would do for that man? What I would do for him, if I can't speak to him, say, oh. say, do that back. <laughs> Let's do the, oh. that is, don't worry, don't worry. If a Anoboni man threatens me like that, you want to know the truth? He has proven to me he's not an Anoboni man. I don't know whether you heard that. If an Oboni man threatens me like that, he walks up to me. He says he's the chief of the Ogonis in Enugu. And he says, Pastor Banki, we are a threat to our oppression in this place. You will hear from us. I will laugh. Do you know why? I will know that the Oboni is the, is the Enugu type. No Oboni man from Oyo will tell me that one. No Oboni man from Jebulan will say that. These are the ones that, they, that join Oboni because of business. <laughs> they want to sell in the market. <laughs> now, businessman. The real Oboni man can't walk, they can't walk up to me. Do you know why? If they approach, their eyes will open. They know where they are going. They will pull back. They, no, they will go back. God said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? What did he say? You surrounded with the hedge roundabout. They didn't used to go near. So anyone that goes near is ignorant. He has exposed himself. So I can laugh and say, well, you know, go to school. Go back to the cult. Go and tell the Oluwo who you spoke to. They will, they will excommunicate you. Yeah, go back and say, ah, Oluwo. Ah, I, I don't enter this cult too. Say what happened. I, today I talked to Pastor Bank. Oluwo said, come, come. What did you say? On your face, Boza. Remove this guy. You know what happened to that guy that said he was the one that killed Saul? He just came and said, ah, oh God, David, we are on your side, though. David said, what happened? Ah, I killed Saul for you. David said, fall on him. <laughs> there are states where people will make you know the level of ignorance they are working in. Those who are really deep won't utter some statements. That's a matter of fact. It's the reason why God doesn't even expect, would not accept for me to go and make him a prayer point. The real Oboni people, you know what they do? The real ones. When they want to get you, they won't threaten your face. They befriend you. Yeah, they will. They, they do that. They'll befriend you. Ah, Pastor, come. Ah, we can help you now. Come. That's what they do. Then when they are, go, when they are going, it's a woman that will carry your, your briefcase as you are following. And she will come seductively attired for you. And if you look two times, Oluwo will say, ah, if you like her, pastor is your own. They know. And I say, ah, pastor, your church is not growing. There's a way we help the other guys. Church is not growing. It used to be like 500, you know. Now they're like 2,000. Now we do them. That is what they do. They will not threaten you. They have to entice you. They have to tell you, come. Come. Has God really said? What is the way you are doing? Okay. Look, now so the other pastor, not he didn't build house, he retired. 
The other one took it. Now, so you do. We help this guy. And then he won't come say, I'm an Oboni man. You wear a cross like you wear a bada. You call yourself a bishop. That's what the Bible calls the subtlety of the enemy. He's subtle. He comes, he comes gradually. He won't stand in your face. Because once he does that, he knows he drives you into God. Satan is not stupid. The one you watch in home movie is different though. In real life, the fellow is not stupid. The guy knows it won't work like that. There's one skit some people did. I love that skit. Let me tell the story. We'll continue this one next time. Because what I'm trying to do is that, believers, you must go for knowledge. Your life depends on it. In that skit, one reverend father was inside the mission house. Some of you may have seen it. And one guy suddenly appeared in front of him. Just appeared out of nowhere. He said, let this be the first and the last time you come around here to convert my people. He said, I'm warning you, I will destroy you. After I finished the river for that, she bent down trying to disappear. He went, mm, it did not work. Mm, it did not work. Third time, it did not work. So he got up, walked to the gate. The gate was locked. It was part locked, you know, and the part lock was closed. So he came back to the river for that, he said, Nah, I want to go. <laughs> the man said, How did you come? <laughs> he said, I appeared. He said, It disappeared now. <laughs> Without that ever father pray any prayer, once the guy entered, the power stayed behind. He now became a beg. Try to open this game. Your guy come out. <laughs> the Lord is good. People of God, we have to show God what is important to us. Let me end it here, all right, because of time. Knowledge, the knowledge of God, being acquainted with spiritual things, is a foundation for your faith. You have to seek it with all your heart. Don't be content with using ignorance. If you are doing something, if you hear something, maybe you hear somebody like me say that, hey, tithe is not compulsory, hey, first fruit is not compulsory, hey, it's not your seed that makes you prosper. Don't get angry. Go and study. Because the moment you hear it, if I'm right, if you shut your ears because you want to continue your act, the judgment starts. The judgment starts. How am I righteous? Look at this grace thing we have been talking about. Hyper grace thing. Hear, the, hear both sides. Go and pray. And say, Lord, please, teach me. Take the scriptures and read. So as to understand what true grace is. Because if you misapply it, after a while, you come under judgment. Listen to me, God does not want stupid children. Let me tell you God's plan. God's plan is that I have an office. I have a company. My name is God. Or my name is Jesus Christ. I tell you, occupy with this until I come. What is my point? That is a time will come, I will get up from that seat and say, sit in my place. Anybody that wants to talk to me, they will talk to you. And you will give them my word without coming to discuss with me. I hope you're getting my point. Like I said at the beginning, it is not too much. Hi, people of God. Let me give you the testimony of one of our brothers. He was here with us, and we use the testimony once in a while. He finished NYC, he served in, where did he serve that time? Abia, right? I think he served in Abia State. Yes, I think it's either Imo or Abia. But close enough to Enugu. Time to finish service, you're supposed to go back, I think, to Bayelsa. So he said, no. Let him come to Enugu. He came to Enugu. 
I told you the guy's story. Very interesting story. See where you are staying now, Udi? That's where you used to sit. He always sat as close as possible to my front. He would never get up to go and ease himself for any reason. No. He would never come late. I just know that this, who's this guy who's only sitting on that same seat? On that same seat he sat. He would never come late. I didn't think anything of it. But I know that this guy was always coming. Then one day I went to preach somewhere. Guess where he was sitting? Right in front of the platform. Ah. What's this guy doing here? Then once I went to preach for coppers, I entered the hall. Guess who I saw? The same brother in front also. After that, I said, this is a stalker. You know what they call stalking? That this guy is stalking me. Finally, I got to talk to him one day and I heard his story. He said he came to Enugu. He gave himself, I think, a year. I don't know how long. Just to come and hear the word. Is the reason why he couldn't play. Is the reason why if he's going on the road, he sees a poster and he sees my face in it. He goes there. It was the reason why if I announced here, please, I will not be around. Okay, Saturday, I will start coming a bit late because I will be preaching somewhere. He has quickly gone to ask, where the pastor says he's going just now? Give me the direction. They gave it to him. He goes to wait for me there. He doesn't come to greet me. He just goes, enter the congregation, just sits down. And listens to everything I have to say. He said when he came to town, where would he stay? First went to NYC, family house. Say, please, can I bunk with you guys for a while? Of course, you know the way young men are. They allowed him. What would he eat? He just went to one school. Please. I can teach this, this, and this. I just finished NYC. Can I teach for you people? He said, we don't need teachers. I said, it doesn't matter. Let me just be walking. At the end of the morning, anything you like, give me. He did like that for some time. They said, this guy is actually walking. So I gave him money. After a while, they retained him as a full-time staff. I said, at least this one will take care of my transport and food. I didn't come to Enugu to make money. I came to Enugu to come and hear the word. He did that for almost a year. Then finally, he came and told me that it's not time for him to leave. I think we should do that. Morning afternoon, and I go, 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 you're going about business. The time should come. He said, Lord, I'm not doing business for... Look, there's a Bible school down here. You know that Bible school downstairs? Uh-huh. Rima. Just go and register. They do weekends. Say, do you have full-time one? I want the full-time... That is, you know that full-time one that you come to school 8 in the morning and read book till 8 o'clock, until 3 o'clock. Do Bible assignments. Carry out, okay, even if there's no formal one, set a curriculum for yourself. I said, Habba, this, but listen, these scriptures, now you want to know the truth? I didn't learn scripture because I wanted to preach. I forgot to tell you that. There was never a time I started learning the Bible because I wanted to be a preacher. Being a preacher was just something that was happening on the side. I just enjoyed studying the scriptures. It was like food to my soul. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. You see, later we'll look at it. It is making that in priority that we're talking about. Just loving it. You know, this is how you know many people are not serious. They can save money for holiday, but they will never travel for a Christian conference. Christians take it a joy. Make it a, it's a matter of joy. Um, how are you? Oh, my husband and I and the three children went to Dubai. We were there for like two weeks. These people have never been to, what do, what's a billiard on this place? Boko. They've never been to Boko. Never been to Boko. Never travel to Enugu, you know, to Enugu December, we'll do our program. They, they won't. I've seen we'll do that. Um, just they'll call Reverend Kaplan, step us book hotel. Me and my family we are coming. You people are doing conference, when to when. We are coming, I'm bringing the whole family. But the average church person? No. 
can brag on the fact that I went to Dubai for the weekend. Listen to me. I forbid you in Jesus' name. Hey, let me say, finish before you say amen. Do you know what I'm praying? One of God, one yourself. Oh. You trust me so much. Okay. <laughs> I forbid you in the name of the Lord from carrying your family on a holiday until you have carried them for a retreat. That's what I'm saying. Travel to where William Connie is doing program. You don't have to stay in the rough camp. Go to the neighborhood town. Hire a decent hotel. Say, children, children, we are going to church. Everybody, where's your Bible? We are going to be here for two weeks. We are going to be hearing scriptures morning. Uh, hearing teaching morning, afternoon. And, and listen, tell children, everybody, you know? You know why I don't drink coffee? Do you know why I don't drink coffee? So it will work when I want to drink it. This guy is a man of God. Apostle. Give him a um, uh, Guinness Book of World Records for knowing what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so it can work when I need it. I like the flavor, the smell of coffee, but I don't drink it as a habit, as a rule. I make sure, my, I, make sure I don't drink it. So that when I need it, I just shove the quick, you know, instant coffee, they call it, turn it like this. These are, as you are, that's how they look like. I'm not going to feel this, I won't feel this sleepy. Listen, you, oh God, I, I, we'll get more practical next time, all right? Let me just allow us to go today. But you have to get to a point where, when they tell you what, it's not about speaking long English. It's by a, a witch who come and tell you, say, we are the cause of your problem. You say, my friend, get away, can you? Then if a witch comes up to me and say, we are the, all the problems you have been having, we are the one causing it. I'll say, why are you trying to feel important? That's what I'm going to tell you. Why are you trying to feel important? You do, if you say, ah, ah, you know, people have come and say that, the witch has confessed. You know, if you ever told me that, I, I'm, I look at you with shame. Say, are you not even ashamed of yourself? At your age, which has confessed, and you can come and tell me. And that woman called my wife one time and said, ah, the witch has confessed. I said, that what happened? That the one called, I've listened to their family all this while. I said, your father is supposed to be a pastor. And you can call and say that you are not ashamed for your heritage. Like, I like to explain it. It's like me, I show up here. This is my reverend father's room. And you see mud all over the place. My lip is swollen like this. This place is you know, small stitch here, plaster. Say, Pastor, what happened? Now, one five year will carry me. Throw him inside gutter. As I tried to come out, he jumped on top of me. He beat me silly. Say, Pastor, how old did you say he is? I said, it's five. He said, Did you cast out the demon? Out? Because it has to be a demon possessed person that will do you like this. It has to be. It has to be. And you'll be like, Pastor, which sin did you commit? Just confess now. You have to, because for a demon to attack you this way, so if it really happened, brethren, I won't tell you. Pastor, why is your face swollen? I'm passing through things. <laughs> That's all you will hear. That's all you will not hear that a five-year-old beat me. I don't care how demon possessed he is, I won't tell you. I mean, my mom must have small pride now. I'll just say I'm passing through things. It, it shall be well. It shall be well. But because of ignorance, people will be celebrating a wish that confessed instead of them to be ashamed. Please bow your head and ask the Lord for wisdom. Say, Lord, teach me. We have not finished this one. Say, Lord, teach me. Give me understanding, I shall live. Say, Lord, open my heart. Say, open my heart, Lord. Say, Lord, open my heart. We'll talk about it next time. Ephesians chapter 1. We were taught to pray that prayer. That God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. 
the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Say, Lord, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death, we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out of under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We now feel the spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is a season of the demonstration of the spirit and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Be a prophet to two persons this morning. Say, this is your season. Power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. One more person. This is your season of demonstration of the Spirit. You power of God. And prophesy to yourself. This is my season of the Spirit. And of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Share, brethren.